Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. Good morning, and thank you for joining us online here at Vintage Church. My name is Nick Perrette, and I'm the Generations Director here. And I am so excited to be able to share this message with you on the last Sunday of 2020. How does that make you feel? I know some of you are super excited that 2020 is over and we can move on, see what God has planned for next year. And then others, you're like, it's just a few days away or worse. It's just the beginning of another crazy year in 2021. We've all had a variety of experiences, ups and downs, emotionally, spiritually, physically. It's been a roller coaster. I've heard so many heart-wrenching stories of people who have lost loved ones, dealt with uh, health or financial issues, lost homes or found careers in a halt. I mean, there were just so many different things that have been happening to people. And I've seen so many people facing new challenges, like trying to work from home or school from home or or making a new career, or finding a new way to make income, or just so many different things that they've never faced before. We all know someone who has suffered this year, or we are that someone. 2020 has been heavy, to say the least. But I want to share a few things with you from our text today to help you have a little bit of a lighter 2021. The next couple weeks, the one and only Pastor Weaver and I We'll be doing a little mini-series, New Year's series, on heavy and light. So this week, I'll be talking through heavy, the first part of Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And then Pastor Weaver's going to follow up next week to start the new year with light. Remember, heavy to light. So that's open up to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and we'll read that together. You might see how the letters are red. That's because Jesus is speaking. Well, mine are red because I color-coordinated my outline. But let's read. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in this passage, Jesus is speaking to a group of people who they are weary and tired from all their labor, all the things that they've been doing and trying to accomplish. And they're heavy laden or burdened by all the things that the Pharisees and the religious leaders were putting on them to try to help. So that the rules and regulations that religion was just dumping on them and weighing on them. And this week, I'll be focusing on verse 28, which brings me to my first point, that 2020 has been heavy. The pressures of life have just piled on, burden after burden after burden. And those pressures come from so many different directions. First, we live in a fallen, sinful world that is full of difficulties and pain and struggles Some of it's just everyday life and work and toil. And then some of it's big, huge uh, global pandemics and injustices and things that are way bigger than we could ever even imagine being able to fix. And we 
also have Satan attacking us, trying to keep us from doing those things that God has called us to do. And he's just throwing those fiery darts at us, trying to stop us from being who God has called us to be. And then we have other people that are just heaping burdens upon us, like, do this, don't do this, be like that, don't be like that. Just like the Pharisees were doing to the people. They were throwing all these rules and regulation, and religion has that way of just weighing down on you, just like all these other things. Things are just coming on us. And there's so many burdens from outside, things that we don't really have a lot of control over that are just weighing on us, making us heavy laden, making us burdened. But I want to spend a little more time focusing on another thing that makes us weary, someone else that is, that is putting that pressure on us to just wear us out, ourselves. We put our pres that pressure on ourselves. The NIV application commentary of Matthew the author Michael Wilkins describes weary as this. He says it evokes the image of persons exhausted from their work or journey. If you've ever had just a really long day at work, really tough day, you come back home and you're just like, oh, you know, I'm worn out. Or maybe the kids have just been wearing you down and you're just overwhelmed with all the things that you have to do at home and all the cleaning and all this and you're just weary from all that or maybe you spend all night just studying and cramming for this test just to get a mediocre grade and you're just worn out by it you know there's so many things that we strive for that we do and it just makes us weary and tired and going back to what these people that um, Jesus was talking to he was speaking to them saying come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So these people were trying to win and succeed at life. They were trying to do all these things that the religious leaders were telling them to do to achieve righteousness. They were striving for all these things. Well, I want to point out that we're all trying to win too. We're all trying to succeed at so many different things. Some of you might be just trying to be a great Christian, and you're trying to do all the right things and accomplish these things to to be the person that you're supposed to be and be the person that we keep telling you that you should be. And some of you might be trying to be that perfect parent or maybe an amazing husband or an amazing wife and you're seeing all these things that you're supposed to do and you're trying and trying to do that. Many of you are trying to succeed in careers and make money or maybe you're just striving to be really great at school or great at something that you're you know, passionate about. Maybe you're looking for fun and excitement. You're looking for that next thrill, that next pleasure, that next thing that's over there. You might even just be feeling like you're fighting just to survive right now. I mean, there's just so many things that we're trying to do, and it is so tiring, and it's so weary. And whatever these, this thing is that's for you, it's because we're laboring. But laboring and is tiring. It'll wear you out. The world is constantly trying to measure us by performance. Like, what do you have? What do you, you know, what car, what house, what neighborhood you live in? What, what do you want? What do you, are you doing? Are you getting good grades? Are you, you getting evaluated? Are you getting, um, you know, how much do you have? Like, what do you, what's in your bank account? What's in your retirement? Like, all these things that we're supposed to be worried about. And they're always trying to help make us feel like we have to perform. And then we compare ourselves to other people all the time, constantly looking at what they have or where they went. I, I mean, I know on social media, it's so easy to just scroll through and see, oh, look, look where they went, or look at that cool spot that they're taking a picture at, or look, look, look at that cool thing they just did. I want to do that with my family, or I want to do that with my friends. And then we're thinking about all these things that we're not doing or that we need to try to do. And we're adding more and more of those pressures upon ourselves of things that we need to 
have or we need to accomplish. And it's so dangerous, but it's so easy. So we find ourselves burdened and heavy laden by all these pressures that are getting piled upon us, but then we're also just weary and labored from all of our efforts to accomplish these things. So we are tired. And I just want to encourage you, admit that. Admit it that you're weary. Don't try to deny deny it. I don't know about you, but I don't love it when someone comes up to me and says, oh, you look tired, or oh man, you didn't get any sleep last night? I'm like, maybe, that, maybe I am tired. Maybe, I'm, maybe I didn't sleep well, but maybe I'm not. I just don't really want people looking at me and thinking, oh, he's tired. You know, he's a, but that's pride. I mean, that's me not wanting to, you know, show off, you know, wanting to show like a better version of myself to people. So that's, again, dangerous, and this is why. Jesus answered them in Luke 5, 31 and 32. He said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Have, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He said the healthy don't even need a doctor. So if you're like, oh no, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm healthy. You're basically saying, I don't need help. I don't need my doctor. And Jesus is the great physician. He even says that the people who are righteous or those that are self-righteous, they don't even know that they need a savior. So go ahead and admit that you can't do this on your own. Admit it. Admit that you are unable to accomplish what you need to do on your own. Why? Because Jesus said it to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul was like, I'm weak, and I'm going to be boasting about it. I'm going to be admitted. I'm going to say I am. And why? Because Christ's strength can be made perfect in our weakness. There's an amazing book called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, and it just dives deeper into Matthew 11, 28 through 30 on a quest to understand who Jesus really is. So this is a passage from that book. Verse 28 of our passage in Matthew 11 tells us explicitly who qualifies for fellowship with Jesus. All who labor and are heavy laden. You don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. No payment is required. He says, I will give you rest. His rest is gift, not transaction. Whether you are actively working hard to crowbar your life into smoothness, which is labor, or passively finding yourself just weighed down by something outside of your control, heavy laden, Jesus Christ's desire that you find rest, that you come in out of the storm, outstrips even your own. It is so important that you admit your weariness, and your burdens, because then, and only then, you can answer his plea. And think about what his plea was. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. One of the most difficult, but yet cherished moments is when one of my kids, either Ezra, he got hurt, he gets hurt a lot, and he cries a lot when he does. Or when Allie, she just, she's just worn out and she just needs me. She, they come up to me and they look at me and they're just crying or, or just worn out and they're just cranky. 
but yet they come to me and they just lay their little head on my shoulder and either cry or fall asleep. And it's, it's painful because I hate seeing them in pain. I don't like seeing them deal with stuff because I want to save them from it. But I love when they come to me and when they need me and when they, they just lay their little head on my shoulder and I can be that rest for them. I can be that for them. And how much more so, Jesus. Being in pain, and this, this is not easy to say or easy to hear, so just listen up. But being in pain, being tired and weary is a good thing. Sometimes we need to feel heavy laden so that we'll realize that we need Jesus. So I'm going to challenge you right here. I'm, not, I'm challenging me too. I promise I'm preaching to myself as much as any of you out there. But try not to be upset when, that you're tired or worn out. You know, like things aren't going, you know, things are just wearing me out. My kids, my family, my life. You know, and, and the first thing we want to do is we go on Facebook and blast it out to the world. Or we call up somebody and complain. Or we, you know, we, we get upset about it and do these things that, that's our first reaction. But I urge you, that's, don't do that. So try not to be upset about this stuff that when you're tired and worn out. And don't just run to other things or people. I know some of the first thing I do when I'm really tired, I just want to plop on the couch and turn on the TV or eat something. I love eating and I just want to eat and make myself feel better. You know, I, that's some of the first things I do. And I know each of us have our things we run to. But I, I encourage you, don't just run to one of these other things or other people when you're, when you're weary or when you're worn out. And another really hard one, but don't just get mad or even just sad that things aren't going your way. I know, again, talking to myself here as well, but I know one of the first things I want to do is, if things aren't going my way, I want to pout about it or complain about it or maybe even yell at somebody or treat somebody else poorly. Well, I urge you, don't do those things because that is not going to help. It's so, I get it. I get it. It's very easy to be upset when we're stuck at home because of a pandemic or we're, we've got all this fear and worry about things that are going on around us or we don't know maybe how to pay our rent or, or do these things that we need to do or we, things just don't make sense. Like, why are these things happening to me? Like, what did I do wrong to make these things happen? So I get it. Those things are tough, but I urge you, don't just get mad or sad about those things. James said, I encourage you, he said, consider it all joy when you face various trials and tribulations. As hard as that can be, I can't even, like sometimes when I'm facing those things, I can't even imagine what that would look like. But that's why we have to talk about it now when we're not thinking about those things exactly so we can know, okay, next time I face a trial or tribulation, I need to find a way to consider it joy. And why? Because we will find our rest in Jesus. As hard as it might be, I encourage you to, to thank Jesus for the pain, the troubles, the difficulties. Thank him for those things because it's, again, it's in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. He actually came down from heaven to be with us and he, so he could sympathize with our weaknesses, so that he could be here with us. And so he came down to be here with us and to die on that cross for us why? So that we can come to him. So first he came down so that you can come to him. Remember, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The key word to all of this is come. 
Wilkins, in his commentary on Matthew, described come to me, I like this, as a tender call to intimacy with him for all those who were weary and burdened. I know sometimes we think, you know, like, oh, it's like a dog, like, hey, come here, come here. No, that's not how Jesus was talking to us. He was like, come to me, and he was doing it out of love, and it's like, it's like he was just welcoming out. He, was, he, he wasn't just a welcome mat laying on the floor that, that says, welcome, come on in. It was him opening the door saying, come on, come in, come on. I'm inviting you in. He was, he was sitting here talking to all these people, these tired and weary people, and he was like, come to me, come, come to me, and it involves action. Like, they had to actually come to him. You have to actually Get, off, get up off your couch or wherever you're at and come to Jesus. You know, you have to actually come to him. I was thinking about the most amazing place where Jesus said, come to me. And I don't think he just said it, but like he cried out in pain, like, I want you to come to me. And I'm going to read Isaiah 53, 4 through 5 for a second. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities upon him the ch- was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed so here he is on the cross taking our not just our burdens but our sin and our pain and all the junk from this world he was just taking it onto his shoulders literally physically spiritually just weighing him down as he died on the cross but he was in in that he was saying come to me and the thief on the cross is the perfect example of that because this guy was at the end of his ropes like nothing i mean literally he was at the end of his life i mean he had hours left to live but he found maybe there's just that hope that i can come to jesus right now and he said just remember me when you're up there. Like, that was it. Like, he, he, didn't need, he didn't need anything big. He was just like, just in humility, he was like, just remember me, please. That'll be enough for me. Well, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, no, you'll be with me in paradise. He said, I will give you rest from your, your pain and all that you're dealing with right now. And that's what he's telling you right now. And this is where it all pays off. He takes our burdens on him, and he gives us rest. We'll talk a little bit more about this next week, but he said to take his yoke. If you think about a yoke, a yoke is this big, huge, heavy wooden thing that they used to lay on top of of animals to help so that they could plow the field together. And so he said to take that big, huge, heavy thing and put it on him. But what's interesting is he says here I'll take your baggage I'll take your pain and all of your junk and you go here's mine here's my yoke and so you're like these people are kind of again they're in this mode of like okay these religious people are already burdening me enough and you want to give me another yoke you want to give me something else to do and he's like no my yoke is what we, is a non-yoke it's not it, it's going to blow your mind how my yoke works it got me thinking about the movie Up, where the little cute little old man is, um, you know, the, everything. Like he he stri- strived his whole life, tried to get this vacation that he wanted to do with his wife and go to his dream place, and things just never quite worked out. And eventually his wife dies, and they're trying to take his house from him, and he's just done. He's just at the end of his rope. Well, he starts to 
add something to his house, right? He starts to hook things to his house. And normally when we think of something being added upon us, it's like not another thing. More, you know, we're thinking heavier, more weight. Well, what he added on was thousands of balloons filled with helium. So instead of that more being added on, more weight, it actually lifted him and his house and someone else, but I don't want to spoil the 20-year-old movie for you, um, lifted it up, right? And that's kind of how Jesus' yoke works. He was adding something on, but it was going to lift them up. And so it, 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 it amazes me like that because now we're walking that walk, plowing that field with Jesus, but we're resting as we're doing it because we're finding our rest in him because he's the one that's carrying the burden. He's the one that's doing the work as he was working through us. So just come to Jesus. And I don't urge you to just come one time, but keep on coming, right? Yes, you do need to confess your sin, and you need to surrender your life to Jesus, but then you have to keep coming back every day with every burden, with every moment, with everything that bugs you, you have to keep coming back. As I was thinking about coming back to Jesus, the story that just, again, blowing my mind, started thinking about the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. And you, I was listening to a couple other songs about this, a good oldie, with Keith Green called The Prodigal's Unsuite, but a new fan fave that, we, that you guys probably know about, Maverick City Music, called To You. And they both have these really cool visuals of the prodigal son, which I urge you to go listen to. But the best part of that story about the prodigal son is when he's coming home, he's stumbling home, just weary from all his striving and for, he was trying to strive for happiness and accomplish this stuff and do these things and he had all this fun and excitement but he was just striving for those things and he was heavy laden with all the guilt of his sinfulness and the pain of hurting his father and his family and he was just worn out and tired and in pain and he said you know what even my dad's servants um, have it better than me right now. So I'm just going to come home. Not, I'm not going to come home to, to be glorious, you know, and like son of my father again. I just want to be his servant again. I'm going to come home to him. So he's coming in to, back to his father right now. And when his father sees him, I don't know what you think his first reaction would be, but I know my first reaction, if I saw my, my kid after just living wild and doing all the things I told him not to do, my first reaction probably isn't going to be like, oh, yeah, come on back. But my first reaction is going to be like, I told you so. You know, you know that's our first thought we want to do. But that father was so in love with that son, he ran to him. He just lifted up his little skirt and ran to his son. And he ran and just grabbed him as the son was just falling over in, in, in weight with that burden. He just fell into his father's arms. And the father just says, no. My son, who I thought was dead, is now alive. My son, who I've been praying for and waiting for and just longing to be with, is back. Like, he had, he, it, to him, this was like the best thing in the world, that his son was home. And he didn't say, 
yeah, 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 come on, get back to work, do your thing, you know, didn't scold him. He said, no, take off this nasty old stuff that reminds him of his sin. Take off his, his raggedy clothes that remind him of, his, of the, the burdensome work that he has been doing and the pain that he's been in. Take all that stuff off and put a new garment, put on my ring, let's have a party for him. He was like, I want you here. So he was like, come to me, but instead of just waiting, he came Again, and so I urge you with that. Like Jesus is saying, come to me. But he's not just going to sit here and wait for you. He's going to come to you as well. And so one of the most important parts of this story though, that I, I kind of glazed over a second ago that I want to focus on is that when the son came back, he didn't come back thinking, oh, yeah, mm, I need to go back and, you know, go back with my family, my dad. He'll take care of me. No, he came back in all humility. He truly was broken. He truly was, was beaten down. He said, I will be a servant in your house because that is better than to be anywhere else. You know, a day in my, the house of the Lord is better than a thousand elsewhere because he knew I want to be right here. And so he said, I will do anything just to be in my father's house. And you have to do that. You have to come in humility. You have to let go of your pride. You have to let go of all these, of all these burdens that, are, that you think are yours, that you're holding on tight to, and you have to come to him. There was one more quote from Wilkins' commentary that I want to read. The contrast is between those whose pride and self-sufficiency have caused them to reject Jesus' message and those whose humility and recognition of their own neediness allow them to be open to God's unqualified care through Jesus' announcement of the arrival of the kingdom. You must come humbly in humility and in recognizing your own neediness, that you need Jesus. So you've got a couple of options today. Some of you are burdened and trying to get to God or trying to succeed and trying to do these things, but you've never actually given your life to Jesus. Well, I urge you to think about this. Will you realize your need for Jesus and come to him for the very first time? If so, then you need to repent and believe and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And some of you might know Jesus, but you're not taking his yoke daily. You're not taking your burdens to him regularly. You, you've come to him once, but you're not continuing to come to him. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. Will you keep coming to Jesus like you need him? Will you keep coming to him, asking him for his, his yoke, asking him for his burdens, which is light, asking him for his rest? So think about those burdens that are on you right now, the things that are wearing you down, whether... It's your loss of income, whether it's the busy schedules and all the junk going on in this world, whether it's just things that you can't handle because you're like, this is, this is not me, this is other stuff being put on me. Think about those, and how can you now lay those at his feet and lay, give him your burdens so that you can take his yoke? Maybe right now you don't really feel like either of those two apply to you, and that's okay. Well, I have another question for you. Can you think of a couple people in your life right now that are in need of Jesus, that are in need of his rest? Because I, I urge you now to take this moment to commit to pray for those people and look for opportunities that you can 
point them to Jesus, that you can show them who he is, that you can help them find his rest. So we're about to take a moment to pray and worship as you think about these things. But check out this phone number that you can text us to let us know if you need anything, if you have any prayer requests. If you just prayed to receive Jesus for the first time, please let me know if you have a prayer request because you want us to join you in prayer for somebody else, then let us know. We'll be happy to join you in prayer. Or maybe there's a struggle that you don't know how you can handle on your own and you need us to help, help walk you through it. We're happy to do that. So go ahead and text that number. Let us know what's up. And please pray with me. Lord, I just thank you so much that you come to us and you've given us this rest beyond our imagination. So Lord, I just ask you to help us each to give you our burdens, to lay them at your feet, and so that we can take your yoke upon us, and that we can walk this walk that you've called us to, this, this life that you've called us to live, so that we can live it for you and in you. And Lord, we love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>